dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Source and we've just finished round nine, Source. There's a, a complete and utter separation in the ladder now. You've got Collingwood, Melbourne, Brisbane and Port Adelaide who have separated from the rest of the pack uh, and round out the top four. Yeah, hey, Pez. It's it's very interesting because I looked at the start of the round and I thought, you know, this is a pretty straightforward nine out of nine week and uh, not a couple of upsets. And you're right, there are definitely teams separating themselves from the pack. There's definitely some teams that are in that rebuilding phase, you know, timely with the NBA lottery being drafted today. Some teams that are definitely leaning towards the uh, the old tank, the uh, Harley Reid Cup uh, coming up uh, this weekend. But uh, a really interesting round nine, Pez. Yeah, and it uh, started off on the Friday night with one of the biggest upsets with the way the Richmond Footy Club have been playing. Uh, they came out and beat Geelong by four goals. It was pretty much in that first quarter when it was uh, six goals straight to Richmond to two goals seven. Geelong just couldn't get the ball uh, through the goals there and just kept uh, kicking those behinds. And Cochin on the night ended with three goals. Martin kicked four, so seven between them uh, In when Geelong only scored 78 points is huge. Martin's been looking like he's about to explode in the last three weeks, Pez, and it's disappointing that he did it against Geelong, but it was great as a, a non-Geelong supporter, if you were watching, to see Mustin, uh, Dustin Martin back to Mustard. his best. Mustard. Mustard. Uh, yeah, but uh, it, it was great to see four goals in control, injected into that midfield. They they kept that, that sort of jump on Geelong, that six goals straight in the first quarter, 2-7, and they, they couldn't get back the Cats and... You know, no danger, no Geelong. You know, Scott was out there making excuses after about all the injuries and six injuries, but Richmond were in the exact same place. Richmond played well. They played to the occasion and, yeah, big upset for in the terms of the footy world. That's the thing with Scott as well. He'll come and complain about the injuries on the young side afterwards, but he's never going to do that before the game. Yeah, he's a typical uh, TikTok punter, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. jump so, on after the fact. <laughs> uh, Trent Cochin, new role. Uh, up forward, snapped a couple of goals, uh, three straight. So that'll definitely get him to game number 300. They were going to anyway, of course, with the, either as a sub or getting subbed out early. But maybe he's found a role in that in that Tigers side. And if they can keep form like that and Tom Lynch can come back healthy, maybe they could uh, sneak in and try and fight for the eight this year. I mean, it's they're playing the way we sort of predicted at the start of the year, how they are around the ground. They're utilising the, the Richmond of old, coming off that back line, really going forward. They really are just miss, missing Lynch, uh, a key forward up there to be able to get some wins on the board. And as you said, maybe sneak into that eight, maybe sneak in that top four. Uh, well, I don't know about top <laughs> four, but two and a half games outside the eight at the moment, which is huge. And they've, they've dropped games, uh, you know, against Gold Coast that they... Uh, really struggled with. So not too great from, from Richmond to start, but we'll see if they can turn it. They've got dream time at the G on Saturday night, which is massive for both clubs, Essendon and Richmond. So we'll see how they go there. The double header source, how did you like it? You had West Coast and Gold Coast, I guess, starting midway through the first game. It was good for me, who uh, was a bit upset as a Geelong supporter, losing that because I could turn the TV over straight away and uh, cheer on my uh, Gold Coast 40 plus bet. Uh, but it's obviously to, to make up some room on the Mother's Day and try and hide the terrible team of West Coast. And it, I didn't love it, I'll be honest, but it, mm. it, it was good that it was didn't really affect us being a Perth game. It would suck if you were over in Perth because it would really clash in terms of the, the peak of the game in the it, Geelong and Richmond. It'd suck if there were two 
like sides competing for finals because you'd want to really watch it. So uh, I think next year we'll get Thursday night footy every season anyway, and that game will be relegated to the Sunday, and we'll get some some other contenders on Thursday and a Friday night. Uh, you're heading to Saturday, and you had Fremantle go three goals down early against Sydney and just came back and looked in control and looked really, really good. And then Sydney, who just keep, since that um, massive 90-point loss to Geelong, just looked down in the dumps. Sydney realistically have, I mean, it's not uncommon to have a big thumping in a grand final and then, you know, come out and miss the miss the finals, uh, Pez, but Sydney really look like doing that. They look a shell of the, themselves from last year. I know they've got a few injuries there, but their ball movement became stagnant in that second quarter. Fremantle, you know, obviously a team that likes to lock down other teams, but they were able to score in will, in, in, sorry, at will in that last quarter, and there was multiple forwards there that just were basically uncontested in that forward line. It was really concerning for Sydney after they were pretty gallant uh, against um, Collingwood the week before. So really, really disappointing, especially playing at home. Look, I feel Fremantle have really struggled in recent weeks. They got a freebie over Hawthorne where maybe they got some confidence with winning every quarter in that game. They kicked one goal a quarter time, came out and kicked six in the second quarter. Then they kicked five in the third quarter and finished off with four in the last quarter. And that's unlike Fremantle this year. So I don't know if they've just gone, you know what, stuff it. We're just going to roll the dice and, and move it forward? Or is their game plan and their structures actually starting to work? I mean, it, it is. A, I mean, I, I actually disagree, Pez. I think that the first couple of weeks, Fremantle were trying to play similar to what they did last year. And as of round three and four, they were experimenting with a new game plan. Five, six, and seven moving forward. I think they've really shifted that. They've gone back to that side to side with that sort of you know injection into the, up the middle, hitting the forwards. They're still going to get that forward structure right, but... I think actually it's been the trend the last couple of weeks and, you know, as a Geelong supporter, Fremantle this week, I'm really worried because I think that they're starting to really manage teams up the middle and get good forward entries. If they, you know, they had multiple, they weren't really playing against much in that forward line, uh, but they had multiple marks in that last quarter uh, that was really concerning for, for a team coming up against uh, Fremantle. Yeah, well, I guess you were right there. So down in Tasmania, this is a huge news of the day because uh, Port Adelaide thumped North Melbourne down there by 70 points, and North Melbourne, after winning the first two games of the season, had just looked like North Melbourne of old. But Alistair Clarkson has stood down uh, due to his own mental health and wants to focus on himself, and Brett Ratton will be the caretaker, the first um, person to be the caretaker coach at three different clubs. It can't get worse for North Melbourne, can it? I mean, their their highlight of the season ended after round two when they were two and zero. Like that, their their biggest win of the season was against Fremantle, and that was the start and end of their season. It's disappointing that North Melbourne have been left in the lurch like this. You know, as a as a you know a podcast that constantly gets on the back of North Melbourne. I've it, been it, nice this it, year. It's it's disappointing that this has happened to them because. You know, they would have set themselves up for Alistair Clarks and he obviously built in a different thing there. We've seen the TikToks, the Instagram, the culture-changing uh, events that he's doing and now he's gone. Now, did he get the tap on the, the shoulder from the AFL? We'll, we'll never know, but it's really disappointing for North Melbourne. Well, that's the thing. We may never know depending on how they run this and it's a it's a trial, uh, like a witch hunt and we, we don't know what's happening. We don't know if we ever will. Uh, but... Like he dropped Cunnington last week. You've got um, LDU who was spoken about as a possible Brownlow medalist for this year who's just dropped away a bit and he's been injured back and forth and he's injured again. So uh, they're just not looking too good at all, North Melbourne. And with Tassie licence named, 
they've got nowhere, nowhere else to turn. They got a freebie right up to Gold Coast um, years back, uh, over a decade ago. They didn't take it. They wanted to fight. They wanted to stay here, and they haven't yeah. done anything since. So um, well, they, they can't talk- relocate them to Tassie, so maybe maybe Northern Territory. They were talking again today about a potential priority pick for North Melbourne. Like, Why did they North Melbourne can't it? be a charity. Teams don't deserve it when they're the ones that have stuffed up yeah. their list management. Their their personnel has been a big one, and and the people in charge of the club have just made really poor decisions. And I know they were coming out of debt. They were working on Arden Street, and they they got all that. And they the AFL gave them big handouts, and they've they've come out of that. But then on field is where everyone looks, and on field has not been great. No, not great at all. And Port Adelaide were fantastic in this match. They had 14 individual goal kickers, which is which is pretty incredible, especially in Tasmania, which is one-way traffic sometimes with that wind and the weather conditions, while sunny, weren't, weren't great. Um, but it's disappointing that North Melbourne, their on-field now starts to collide with their off-field because the one thing this year they had been sort of you know overcoming was that off-field drama because everything was sort of set in stone and now they're back to square one. Exactly right. And Melbourne uh, just did what they needed to do. They, they went through, they beat Hawthorne by 54 points. Hawthorne didn't score, only scored one goal to halftime. So Melbourne were really on and then Melbourne took the foot off the accelerator, just got through there. The other game, which was really close early and um, low scoring, was Essendon uh, versus Brisbane up at the Gabba and then Brisbane just turned it on and Joe Danaher turned it on kicking six. Yeah, I mean, he pops up against nobody, doesn't he, Joe Danaher? But, uh, well, he's ex-club, you know, a little bit of uh, a script, a little bit of storyline. Oh, please. We, we, we talked about this last week about Essendon not really having a key defender to be able to stop, and it was just picking one of the four potential forwards to, to shine for, for Brisbane. I mean, last week I predicted Bruce Pez. That, that's, how, that's how bad Essendon was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have said that Brisbane are the hardest team to, to choose who's going to kick the goals. Um, the only one you can really re- – well, you can't ever align him, but Charlie Cameron. If, it, if he's playing against a team that, you know, leak goals to small forwards. so Well, well that's because he's now actually, it's interesting you mentioned that, Pez, because he's really gone back to a, a traditional small forward and just picking up the scraps out the back. He's no longer, you know, being that sort of lead up small forward like he was a couple of years ago. It doesn't and, have and to it's be. definitely benefiting and it's sort of signs that they've got that forward line right. Well, Gunston as well with the experienced campaigner in there has definitely really, makes helped, really helped that as well. The game of the round for mine... Uh, was Carlton Bulldogs. And this is, uh, as I say that, before the game. And then during the game, you watched it. Um, two horrible, uh, not horrible sides, but the way they played footy on Saturday night was quite horrible. Carlton, one goal, four, um, sat on 10 points at half time and just butchered the ball, not only inside forward 50, but when they were actually kicking for goal as well trying to snap from 45 metres out. A couple of players trying to snap on their opposite foot, hitting the belly of the ball. It's just absolutely ridiculous. I've always said, Source, let the player decide. You can go for a drop punt wherever you want. You can go for a snap when you feel comfortable. But if I was coach, I'd be making a rule. There's no 40-plus um, metres. You're not snapping. You need to kick a drop punt unless you're tight on the boundary line. And you do not snap on your opposite foot unless you're 15 metres Close to goal. Uh, I'm going to echo this, but in a different sort of direction. It's we, we talked about this a couple of weeks on the podcast. It, it's like golf. It's like basketball free throws. You have a routine for different shots. If you mark the ball at a certain angle, whatever, you should know the moment you turn around what you're doing. And the problem is they are sitting there deciding as they're kicking in, and no wonder they hit belly great, up. Great how, point. How they hit belly up all the time. If you get a golfer and they, they're you know they go into the you know 100 meters out or whatever, they know exactly what they're going to. 
But the AFL footballers, they're sitting there deciding and, and they're using their 30 seconds to, to, to work out what freaking they're going to kick. It's so it's so I terrible can, for AFL football players to do that. I can picture a player going back, like he took the mark <laughs> and he goes back and he, he turns sideways and then he thinks, oh, maybe not the snap from here. And then he starts to go back a little bit, but then he goes, oh, no, no, I will do the snap and goes back to the snap position. You need to mark the ball and you need to do what Ben Brown does. You're, you're, either, running, <laughs> you're either running back to go to your mark or you're standing on the side and you know, bang, I'm yeah. going to go. The other thing is when players go too quickly, they, they've just run 100 metres, got the mark over the back, take your 30 seconds. You cannot get smothered because of the rules. You've got the player 10 metres away. Take a couple of deep breaths, use your time, and go through your motion. Uh, Geelong supporter here, Pez, obviously. Watch Jeremy Cameron every time he gets oh. uh, a goal. He pushes the ball twice. And as he's pushing the ball, he's deciding what he's doing, and then he goes through that routine. He's got a very set routine for around the body, and he's got a very set routine for his drop punt, so, you know, from 50 or 40 out or whatever. And no wonder he's one of the best in the, in the league at it. Have a system. Follow through your system. And you know what? If you miss, you miss. You can't argue that because, you know, it's, it's bad luck. There's always pre- external pressure. There's always crowd pressure. There's always going to be crowd noise. But when you don't Do know what and works. you're literally seeing the players flip the ball seven or eight times and then on the last second, you know, sometimes the lace is not even facing the roof or if you're at Marvel, but like it's not good enough for an AFL footballer. And we said it last week, bad kicking is bad football. And this was a terrible game for three quarters. It was, Piers. It, it was a terrible game all around. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll say. And then... Carlton actually hit the lead and then Bulldogs had a goal. And then Carlton hit the lead again. Kerno holds the jumper and goes, yes, we are Carlton. You know, we are coming. Within 20 seconds, the Bulldogs had the lead back. And then they piled on four goals from that. And, ne- and like it was like Carlton had a sigh of relief. Like, oh, we're up. We're going to win this game. And, and, and then they just dropped everything. And the Bulldogs just went bang, 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 bang. I, I can't I – can, I, can I, I can believe it because it's Carlton. I don't know how Carlton fans – go to the footy and sit through this shit. They have not been a contender since, what, the year 2000 maybe when they were vying for top four spots. They haven't been anywhere near winning a grand final or competing for a premiership in 23 years. Yeah, and I've been such an advocate for the last two years, Pez, including this year, for Carlton because I think that they're talented. I think that they've got enough structure there. You know, everyone you've heard it through all the media, but but – Seriously, what is going on? Like, how can they not be, one, competitive for three quarters of football? Two, how can they not be winning half of these games? Like, they are struggling, Perry. Like, they're struggling. Oh, they are. And um, Tim English, he he was the answer for the Bulldogs. He was uh, really great around the grounds. And, you know, they end up with a 20-point win. And Carlton, with that forward line and that midfield, maybe we need to stop talking about that forward line and that midfield. And they need to do something really quickly. And if it's their coach doesn't have any structure and he doesn't have a game plan and you realise that, get him out, get someone else in. Like, you, you have to change something. If you think you have the list to compete, you missed out on finals last year from an unmissable position and now you're sitting outside the finals after nine rounds. You think you're not using the hunger and the fight from last year? It's it's ridiculous and it would be embarrassing to be a Carlton supporter. Well said. And enough we've spoken about the, that terrible performance by both teams and, and realistically Carlton. And, you know, hopefully they bounce back this week for, for Carlton supporters' sake and, and for football and for, for, you know, Voss's sake. But I, I just don't see... <laughs> they play Collingwood. Top of the table as well. So uh, we'll see what happens. Stranger things have happened. But uh, Sunday was Mother's Day. Hopefully all the mothers out there enjoyed 
their Mother's Day got spoiled and it was really special for them. Uh, Adelaide Crows and their mothers really enjoyed this one because Adelaide, from the outset, straight away, um, absolutely demolished St Kilda. Demolition job over in the first quarter, just like when Adelaide played Carlton over there. And they ended up winning by 52 points against the Saints. So Ross Lyon, he, he couldn't get the job done with his uh, defensive structures there. They're slowly becoming such a, a great side to watch Adelaide. And, you know, this was a big scalp that they sort of needed. You know, maybe a softball scalp because obviously it was St Kilda. A pretend you know, scalp. But, you know, at home, everything sort of aligned for them. A Sunday afternoon, weather was great. You know, Taylor Walker, five goals. Isaac Rankin, Pedler, Fogarty. That, that forward line is so electric. And Jeez, I love watching Pedler over Shelley. It's so good to watch. And uh, they, they really took apart um, St Kilda. St Kilda are a team that this year have really kept players uh, – sorry, kept teams – low in scoring, were no match for, for the arsenal of um, Adelaide and they just scored at will and pretty pretty easily at, at times too. Yeah, way too easily and uh, St Kilda just, you know, at quarter time it was like, this is this is done, uh, we're out of the top four and uh, we need to not repeat what we did last year when we had a really good start to the season. So interesting to see how they bounce back. Collingwood did what they needed to do on Mother's Day and got a 65-point win uh, against the Giants. Yeah, pretty stock standard stuff there for Mother's Day. Uh, probably the biggest story out of that is uh, Bo McCurry's mother, Julie McCurry. Did you see this during the week? Uh, Get in the, the pregame speech that they, they let. Oh, yes, in. I did see that. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, he's just sitting there going, wow. Sitting there loving is. it. But uh, I think that was really, really cool. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, what's that? Now that you mentioned the mother, um, Romy Bryan. Oh. BT. Did you see <laughs> Samson Ryan's mother? Uh, how's it the first time she met the girlfriend too? The first time she met the girlfriend. <laughs> and um, I thought Samson Ryan was coming over when he came over to pull her away. Like, this is embarrassing. I think that's what he was. But he was like, he hadn't, no, this is all right. This is this is just, must be how they are. She's from Queensland. She was very, very happy. And the, the girl's like, yeah, she's plastered. Um, but she's really nice. <laughs> yeah, he, he uh, BT really uh, honed in on that one. And he saw absolute gold as he, soon as he got he, it. He didn't even have to. She went up to him at the start, yeah? He didn't even have to do any work for that. Nah. And that was TV gold. It was great. No, but this week, we're getting into the, the bet review. I want you to go out there and make us proud, Pez. Believe in yourself. Believe in each other. Chase that ball. Tackle hard. Win those contests. Do you know what I'm doing? Yeah, yeah. The McQuarrie mother's yeah, speech. Yeah, I've interrupted you with the yeah, Samson Ryan mother, which was, was a better story. It was fantastic. It's <laughs> <laughs> no official review. How does it end? We don't know. Well, here we come down to the bet review source and uh, on Twitter at Behind the Bound, you can jump on and there is a link to our Google Doc and you can see every single round, every single bet that we put on, whether it be on the podcast or whether it be a live bet when we throw out and uh, we do try and take advantage of, you know, bonus special source a lot on this show with uh, the same game multis and then uh, try and win that back if there is a loss there. So we will um, endeavour to continue to do that and everything will be up there uh, ready to go. Speaking of that, I had my first losing round in, in five round source, which was disappointing. Ended up losing 2.9 units. Started off on the Friday night okay because I got my same game multi, my $3.30 hit uh, with the West Coast Gold Coast game. We had Withered in 15 plus. I said he took the kick in, so um, it was really good. Rao 15 plus by halftime. Kelly 25 plus and Lacocious two goals. He kicked, him, kicked them both in that um, second quarter. But Tim Kelly, he, like, he, he's just everywhere with the ball. A little bit of a sweat ended, ended with 26. Um, Hopper, unfortunately, would have killed so many people's multis. So many. Um, on the weekend, he finished on 10 disposals. He got injured early in the second quarter with a calf. Didn't look right, got subbed out in the third quarter. So if he did get subbed out in the second quarter, 
you know, if it was with Sportsbet, they might have done a justice refund, which they did for another player during that week, but it didn't happen. Um, so we go from there. All of the bets there at behind the bound, minus 2.9. So for the season, uh, a small profit of 2.17 units source. So still in the positive, but um, yeah, just treading water at the moment and uh, need to need to get a move along and build that uh, build that bank. You definitely do um, build that bank. And last week I said that, you know, there was no way I was going to end up down because I didn't put down – I was up 12 units last week and I said there was no way I was going to go down because I didn't put 12 units down. You I put about 300 bets on by the looks of this spreadsheet. I put down 13 units and I was pretty confident that I was going to get up and that's exactly what I did. I, I really loved my uh, read in the West Coast Gold Coast game. I said that, you know, the minus 21 and a half – and I've said this all year, anytime you can get West Coast – under minus 30 and a half of the opposing team, you jump on it. I jumped on the Gold Coast. That saluted. Just missed out on Fiorini. He was everywhere in that second half, but uh, not to be. Oh, 20 was, plus. He only had six at um, half time. Yeah, it was, it was not looking good. And someone on TikTok jumped on and said, oh, this is not looking good. And in the, the fourth quarter, in bed watching the, the last bit, I thought I was looking pretty good. But it was a great round for me. I ended up 13 units, uh, what I placed, and it returned 2.74. So not a great unit, but I still got two sets of bonus bets to, to um you know, redeem myself this week for the year. Sixty-two units I have placed, returned fifteen point three nine. So another yeah. an, another winning round there. You'll you'll take away from that. I want you to speak to me about a couple of things. Your man Van Ruin, um, two plus goals again. He only kicked the one, but he Pantasaurus, we're off him. We're we're not doing him anymore. He, he, Pantasaurus jumped on Twitter as well. I'm sitting on the outskirts here, and Pantasaurus is tweeting us, and you guys, you and Pantasaurus tweeting, having a little love story together. Yeah, it's nice. And uh, I'm just thinking, you know, this this young bloke Van Ruin. Um, it's easy for me to say after the fact he doesn't kick the two, of course, but um, go from there. No, but the, the thing I really do want you to tell me about is your Adelaide versus St Kilda oh, bet because uh, I saw that when you posted that to Twitter and looking at it during the second quarter, it was like, unless there is a major injury here and one of these players is subbed off, this is not missing. Well, we said a couple of weeks ago um, before the Port Adelaide game that any time you get St Kilda, they are the number one team for giving away opponents' disposal. So if you play St Kilda, you rack up the pill. And in this game, Adelaide racked up almost 500 more, like not more disposals, but 500 disposals in total with St Kilda as well. Dawson to get over 26.5. He almost had that at half time. Absolutely dominant, and the bookies did not adjust for, for thinking that St Kilda were going to contain them. Hinge, I had for 15 plus. Early in the year, you said, who, who the hell's Hinge? And he missed on 14. That was the only time he's missed for the whole year, and absolutely been dominating since then. Mate, he, I don't, he, he almost had 20 at half time as well. A different young no, Hinge and Shoal, I had Scholl. earlier. Yeah, had Hinge yeah, and Shoal earlier. Shoal's the one that missed, not Hinge. Yeah, well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Get on no, you're Adelaide get players, on, mate. Come on. Get on Don't try to call me out. He had 20 plus. You're ruining my, my, my bet. You know, when, when you win a couple of units, you can come speaking. So shut up. Really. You didn't want to speak about it. I had to ask you I about it. I was getting there. I was getting there. You rudely interrupted trying to jump on my winners because you didn't have any. So Dawson had 26 and a half. Hinge had 15 plus And Smith had 20 as well. This basically saluted midway through the, <laughs> midway through the third quarter. I was absolutely rolling in it. And uh, I saw on Twitter there was a range of people that were jumping all over Dawson 25 plus. He has come in a heap. But that is where the... Mo- the money was pairs, and that was where my big units were because I had three point four was the odds. Two units returned profit of four point eight zero. I loved it. Yeah. So where do you sit um, after nine rounds? After nine rounds, I'm sitting fifteen point three nine units up 
absolutely loving it because we say yeah, beautiful we say that anytime anywhere between what 10 15 units you're in the right spot and anywhere from a, a 20 percent roi well it, yeah it depends what time of the season but you look at the roi you're sitting at um, nearly 25 percent so a, a quarter return on your money is uh really really good so anywhere over 10 percent on the roi is uh is very good in my in my eyes yeah well in my eyes too and i give you a hot tip it's about to get even better the fact that the size of the bets was relatively small. Our bets with an opportunity about 50 metres out. I was with a mate and um, we were getting, getting sort of ready to leave and he, he said, um, I think I'm going to whack 10 on, on Maxi. Do you want do you want some as well? And I, I said... Straight into things, Pez. Let's get these specials over and done with so I can tell everyone about all the winners I've got. Cyril <laughs> takes a special and goes bang. Well, it's the opposite of special this week. It's not very special because... Um, our I was about to boo you then and I was going to be called uh, racist and, and terrible name, so I'm well, not going to do that. You you shouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> hey, there was more booing last I round. I know, there, there was, was so more. In any other round I can remember, but that's probably because it was prevalent in the front of our minds. Um, sports bet. It's round nine, and we know they love to push the promos early in the year. And now I was hoping they just kept just kept going, just kept just eking it out. More. And they've uh, it looks like it's not out yet. So it, it could come out a little bit later, but um, it's definitely not out yet. It is Thursday night. It, it's sitting around 10 p.m. source, so it's usually out by now because we've got a couple of, of bets on the Friday night. So disappointing to see from Sportsbet, but um, I guess it's that they're a business and their strategy source. You know what they're doing, yeah? They're trying to entice the punters to do their same game multis on a Friday night, bang, 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 and then they've taken it away, but they've still got money left in their accounts and they want to still do the same game multis and and not have that bonus. So we move over to tab three plus leg same game multi or five plus leg same game multi up to two legs can fail, uh, $1.10 minimum odds and $2 total for the whole bet. Ladbrokes have the three-plus leg same-game multi, but only one per day. So be careful about the Saturday and the Sunday. They've also got the mega multi if you're um, head-to-head bets on AFL. If you've got four-plus and one-leg fails, you can get money back there. Neds have the early payout, and I had to search through, and it takes me longer now because I actually had to put bets on, but they've got the same-game multi cover token, which is a little bit ridiculous. Um, but that's, uh, that's what I found, and, and that's what I like. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I don't like the fact that Sportsbet has removed no, no. removed the free money, no. but you forgot to mention Bossbet. They still have theirs. Friday night, free hit. No. Four legs, same game multi, money back, even if I everything fails. I am not fails. making an account with Bossbet. And Saturday night, <laughs> Bossbet. No. Same, same thing, just the Friday and Saturday night games. Not very boss-like on you, Pez. No, I don't, I don't know. I'd, you don't know? I, I, I just told you. Not going not gonna to trust, <laughs> not gonna trust them. You've already been banned off twelve different things. It's not not make it unlucky. Well, 13. sometimes it's not you. It's not worth putting your account details in, putting your card in, making a deposit, winning the first bet, and then getting an email saying we're banned. And then what? What do you do? You just close the account. It's I just leave it open. Yeah, yeah of course. You probably leave money in there as well. I'm still waiting for points bet. They've still, got, they've still got, got, money they've got forty there. cents of mine that I there. I'm I'm just going to leave it there forever until they give me my bonuses back. <laughs> 
All right, let's get on to Sir Doug Nichols' round. Uh, this is great. Um, it's you know this has evolved over the last couple of years, and it's it's one of the rounds that you know the AFL is really starting to do right. It's allowed an opportunity for the uh, the industry to be able to celebrate and acknowledge all the um, and thank all the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander players, volunteers, administrators, umpires, fans, past, present, and really. Um, acknowledge the contribution that they do not only to the game but but to our wonderful country. So it, it's a great um, it's a great round. The AFL has really jumped on board. Originally there was like two or three teams that did Indigenous jerseys. Now all of them do it. Oh yeah, and there are some absolute crackers. My, before that, we get into that's it, one of my favourite things about it. Well, before we get into it, what what are some of your your, your top three jerseys? You know, I don't know if you've question without notice. I'm sure you've looked at them. Yeah, uh, I I don't mind Fremantle's one. Um, it's it's got. Uh, a couple of things you've you've really well, got to read into the the story of it as well. Um, I, I don't have it in front of me, but the, the one with the turtles um, towards the bottom, and they've got like the sash with the with the purple and the white. It looks really cool. You've got St Kilda's one that really stands out oh, because I, I they've, they've changed uh, from the white in the middle to the yellow, and then they've got the the black, yellow, and the red. Um, I assume to represent the Aboriginal flag. So. Um, that looks really cool as well. Which ones are you liking? Uh, I really like Port Adelaide's one. I, I like. Um, I mean, they've changed their name. It's called, and I'm going to apologise if if I butcher this, but I'll give it my best crack. Uh, Yarabuki, which is Port Adelaide. Uh, they've changed their their name for for the round for for this round and next round as well as a couple other sides. But you know, the the big the big uh, bit of a, an fu to uh, Collingwood there with the big uh, magpie sitting on their their jersey wings are spread it looks really cool because it's adapted the the, the green the teal from their other jersey uh, it looks just it looks seamless and effortless I love that I like the colors of um, Naram uh, Melbourne side of course uh, the the light blue is, is really cool it's something that we don't see on a lot of jerseys um, and then I mean possibly Possibly Essendon's. I, I like the idea of the sash being there and, and the big bird across it. it. Sort of looks like a bomber, but it, but it, you know it's the the design yeah, on it's really cool. Not bad. Um, but but they're all fantastic and they all I have a, a great story. Jump on the AFL website and have a look because the story and the meaning and the, the way they've involved the indigenous communities around those clubs is fantastic. Yeah, just scrolling through now, um, Geelong have a clash one as well. Uh, I like the dark Geelong one, um, the white one. You know, still really cool, but I think the the dark color looks a little bit better. Adelaide's one is really cool. Just looking at that now with the the dot painting and the um, symbolization and the representation there. Um, I'm not sure about Brisbane with the they've kept the lions separate in theirs uh, in the in the middle uh, the Brisbane Lions, and they've got everything telling the story on the outside. It just looks a little bit out of place to me, but. Um, yeah, not one to judge. Not one to judge. And telling about a story, let's let's get into the round. And you know, uh, the f- starting off the Sir, Nick, Sir Doug Nichols round is an absolute. It's going to be. A bit, you know, I've heard Stevie J this week talk on a podcast about the game of the game of the round, game of the year. But then he thought about the game of the century, which which is absolute rubbish. Um, what? But yep. And the to, to commemorate Sir Douglas Nichols round, Sir. Sir, I can't even say it, Pez. Sir Nicholas Douglas Round. We get We've on. We've gone t- backwards. We've gone backwards. I'm SC Ruglin because I'm so worried about pronouncing these names. They've changed the names Port Adelaide and Melbourne. So they're going to be going for the next two rounds as Yadabuki and Nam. 
So Yadabuki's Port Adelaide, they come in as outsiders at $2.25 and Nam is $1.63. Favourites, the line is minus 6.5 and, and the total game points is 164.5. This would be a really good game. Yadabuki have been uh, the last six games, pairs on a winning streak and Melbourne absolutely been pretty dominant since that uh, upset in round, I think it was two. They've been both looking pretty good. They've shuffled things around in terms of their offence. They're really attacking both these teams now. I think I think uh, Yadabuki are going to actually beat Yam this Ooh, week. Here we go. All right. Um, I and I'm interested looking to hear forward to hearing what you were saying. But um, uh, very big news on the the in front yes. with Christian Salem coming back in for for Melbourne. So just be aware that he is going to be playing there somewhere around half back. And if you've got a player that you really like for disposals back there, just know that. Salem might be one of those that takes it. And last year he was taking a lot of kick-ins as well. So if you've got a player that you, you know, put in for 15 plus and he takes the kick-ins all the time, Salem is a very good kick of the footy. So he could be trusted with that. Um, Port Adelaide, Darcy Byrne-Jones comes in. But the big one is Scott Lysett for me. So Tickle has been doing a decent job in the ruck for Port Adelaide uh, over the last three or four weeks. But Scott Lysett is, uh, after getting dropped early in the year, comes back in for Tickle. to play against Gorn and Grundy. So they're trying to combat their dominance with that. So the matchup is oh, is next level. This is one of the hardest tips uh, of the season so far, I think. Uh, $1.70 Melbourne were before. They've come into $1.63 after the teams, which I guess is Salem and McDonald. They've got an extra forward up there. I'm not it's too It's probably sure. the inclusion of Scotty Lysett as well, a, 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 a prominent ruck. Yeah, but I don't know why <coughs> Melbourne would be, would be coming in after that, but... Uh, I think I might tip Melbourne. I'm not too sure. I do my tips uh, on a Friday afternoon uh, when the game's on a Friday. So (laughs) I'm just going with Neds with a bonus token here. I'm hoping for a close game. And I've just gone four legs and I've gone alternate, alternate, alternates. Melbourne plus 25 and a half because I think if they lose, hopefully they don't get get flogged. So I've just gone Melbourne 25 and a half, Port Adelaide plus 38 and a half. Over 141.5, so the, the line sits around 161 there, so, so 20 less, and under 201.5. So unless it gets out of hand and they're just flowing in goals there at Adelaide Oval, um, I, I think it'll be somewhere around the 160, 170. So hopefully it f- hits the middle there. That's $2.01. I've used a bonus token with Neds on that. Uh, you're right. It's, it's one of those 50-50 sort of games. You, you have to sort of do a little bit more analysis. The, the sides have come out. They've included a ruck, uh, Port Adelaide, and it's definitely something that has been mentioned. Hinkley's mentioned that he's a bit worried about the, the combination of Melbourne's ruck. So it'll be interesting how this game pans out. I, I don't have any real stats to back it. I've really been liking Port Adelaide. We talked last week about them shifting the you know their defence from one of the last in the league to number one while still keeping top five in offence. And Melbourne, we know, are a team that um, that, that have been quite dominant. They, they possess a lot of the ball. They go forward a heap. I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. I believe that uh, you know Port Adelaide will really thrive Friday night, Adelaide, five-game winning streak. I'm going a little bit of vibes, Pear Pez. So I'm going a three-leg same-game multi with Tab. One leg fails, I get my money back. Can I guess one of them? Go for it. Horn Francis again? Nah. Ah. No, you're wrong. So stop interrupting me, you loser. All right. <laughs> you've taken it off. You're out. All right. Well, anyway, I'll talk to the, to the fans of TikTok. Uh, Port Adelaide to win. Uh, as I said, I don't really have any stats to back it up. Five straight at home. Got the vibes. Friday night. I think that salutes. Uh, and I've gone with an alternate line. 
plus 46.5 for Port Adelaide. So realistically, that's a bit of insurance there for the extra leg. I have to be over $1.10, so that one sat at $1.11, which I was pretty surprised at, to be honest. And then the third leg, and you know, the one that sort of I've got some stats to back up, is Melbourne really give up the pill a lot to opposite teams' uh, defenders, and especially the mid-sized defenders. Last week, Mitchell for Hawthorne, he averages 15, he got 27 against Melbourne. The week before, Powell, he as a mid-defender, he averages about 20, he got 25. The week before, Sheasel averages about 26, he got 30. So my stats sort of back it up, you can go all the way back if you want, but mid-sized defenders against Melbourne get a lot of the pill. I've gone with Dan Houston to get 20 or more to disposals done it six out of the last nine uh, and the last five weeks all in wins so i like that two units three dollars 20 with tab he was paying about a dollar 54 when i saw that yeah is that dollar yeah, 55 and uh oh, i got him at 55 so a little bit more yeah it looked like he um the odds say that you know he's not going to hit it because if if 20 plus and you're definitely going to hit it sports bet usually go the dollar 15 dollar 20 dollar 25 to be all the way at a dollar 25 with those stats is a little bit scary to me, a little bit something, what, what's going on there. There's a range of, def- I guess, mid-sized defenders that you could pick, and that's where it is. And, and I guess the bookies have Melbourne winning, so that obviously the defenders, they for some reason when, when they think... down there. But they always do. So for some reason when they think that a team is going to win, they have the defenders down a little bit, which actually makes no sense because the ball's going to be down there, especially a side like Port Adelaide that are top four in defence uh, and defending you know the inside 50s. No, no. We'll see how you go. I, I heard you had the because uh, obviously I wasn't with the with the headset. Yeah, you I stormed could, off. Okay, <laughs> it's a bit rough. Oh, I don't know why you're storming off. You should listen to all the advice you lose. You're down two units. <laughs> no, you you mean up two units on this on the season. We're talking about overall profit, aren't we? Oh yeah, overall profit. You got to be talking about long term profit. So how many so how many units are you up for the season? Yeah, yeah, two. Yeah, cool. So shut up. All right, mate, you need six, to stick around and listen. Last six seasons though. We're on track. We're on Stop track. living in the past, all right? So uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're living there as well. You literally the every stat we pull out is about the past. <laughs> you profit the last six seasons as well. True. The podcast is we're, we're last six seasons. We, we probably don't mention that enough. Last six seasons in profit. Last six seasons. <laughs> <laughs> the old point to the camera. All right. I felt like a weird little anchor, and now we throw. I saw two. you do it. I copied you. <laughs> you did. You look like a flog. At least, at least you were here for the to in, introduce the next oh, game. I'll stay for the next one. All right, North Melbourne. Well, maybe you won't stay for the next one. North Melbourne taking on Sydney. North Melbourne outsiders at six bucks, the biggest for the round. A dollar twelve favourites are the Swans after a really uh, lackluster month, realistically in season. Minus thirty eight and a half is the line. Over under one seventy two and a half. There is so many questions about this game with North Melbourne obviously having a caretaker coach for the game, Sydney really being out of form, a whole lot of injuries. This game is, is, is for me, danger, danger, danger. Yeah. It's well, just clear of this one for me. And the reason it's danger is because that, that price sauce, $1.12, how can you trust the Sydney side how? at $1.12? What's the line? What's the line live Minus line? 38 and a half. 38 and a half. So, yeah, it'll be around the 40, 40 points. Or it'll, it'll stay around 38 to 40. Uh, I, I just can't trust them either. You've got um, LDU, who's out injured, and Cameron Zerha, who's out injured, who I would say are, are two pretty important players for North Melbourne. A hell of a lot of changes. And then uh, Sydney playing away from home. They usually play Marvel Stadium well, but they're not in form. I, I, would, I would back Sydney to win, but I wouldn't be putting any of my hard-earned down. So that's a big cross from me. I should have walked away in that game. Uh, I would love to talk about the Bulldogs in Adelaide, though. 
Okay, well, I'm steering clear with this one. If anything, I'd probably be going, uh, looking at your goals for, for Sydney. If the script plays out the way Sportsbet and all the other betting agencies have it, Sydney win easy. Melbourne give away, sorry, North Melbourne give away a lot of goals to key forwards for the opposition. Maybe Franklin finds some form, 390, some good money. Uh, Isaac Heaney, 525, he, he uh, definitely is finding some value there. Well, if you've got it up. $14, Will Haywood, 14 I like that one a lot. For what? For most goals. For most goals, what's he for two? Or do you don't have that? I can get it up if you if you stall for me for a little bit. Give me so. two plus for him, and give me. I want to know Nick Larky two plus and three plus. Nick Larky for two plus is a dollar twenty eight. It's oh, no shit. money at all. Uh, Will Hayward two thirty five. Lance Franklin a dollar thirty one. So no money at the two value. It's uh, Sydney been struggling with key defenders. So I say maybe maybe he'll you three you three or more goals. Nick Larky two bucks and Franklin nah, two oh five. So no, not, not worth, worth it, it at all. Clear. Let's go to the next one. Let's get on to the next one. As you said, Western Bulldogs versus Adelaide. You really wanted to talk about this one. A dollar fifty one are the doggies favourites. Two fifty one outsiders are the crows. Minus 10.5 is the line over under 162.5 Pez the, the dogs were pretty d- disappointing last week whilst getting a win Adelaide were extremely impressive I'm a little bit surprised that uh, Western Bulldogs firm so much I have to think that's the, the marble home ground advantage yeah you, you'd think it'd have to be um, the Bulldogs have played at that ground more than any other club uh, they did lose in round 6 of 2022 against the Crows by a solitary point but then the previous season, towards the end of the year, they they beat the Adelaide Crows there as well. So they play the Adelaide Crows here. So the Crows will play their third game at, at Mars Stadium. And I'm looking somewhere at the unders because I know the weather at the moment is really cold and uh, not well, not that the cold or hot makes it makes it any different, but the, the wind down in Ballarat, that stadium isn't fully covered either. So it can be a little bit different for players going down there. So... Last last game played was round 10, 2022, where the Bulldogs, it was 106 to Gold Coast 87. So there was 193 points scored in that game. But the previous ones before that, 125, 161, 129, and 127. So what I've done is I've gone on the unders and I've tried to put it together in a lads same game multi here. So I've just gone the straight line at 161.5. I'm going under that. I'm also putting an insurance leg going under uh, 202.5. And then I've put the Bulldogs team points at under 85.5. Now, they have to kick 13 or 14 goals to get over 85.5. And down at Ballarat, it doesn't look like the history shows that that happens. So it did, you know, Bulldogs against Gold Coast, but Gold Coast had to travel down. They're used to the sun and they've gone to a cold Ballarat. It's a, it's a little bit different there. So I, I'm just going with that. Three legs. Uh, I don't have the price with me, so I'll get that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Shit, when, you, when you walked off, Pez, uh, you didn't want to chase that up. But uh, while you're finding that, I'll, I'll, don't even worry about that one because it's going to be a loser anyway. But we'll get on to, to my one. I, I've been really impressed with uh, Adelaide. They had a really impressive win uh, last week against the Saints. As I mentioned, the Western Bulldogs were pretty pretty poor against Carlton, and if Carlton could have strung it together more than for, for 10 minutes in that fourth quarter, they'd probably lose that game. Definitely Western Bulldogs didn't win that game. Carlton lost that game. They were just in cruise control. Uh, a little bit of a false narrative being painted for Western Bulldogs the last month. They've had a bit of a soft draw and some easy victories against teams that are struggling. 
I'm all over, all over Adelaide in this one. I think they can get the job done, and maybe I'm buying into the hype, but I'm really impressed with them. And if you give me odds pairs of $2.51 for a 50-50 game, I'm taking that, especially with the crowd um, sort of factor being taken out a little bit. So not at the, at the Dome. Uh, you're talking about a weather weather discrepancy possibly in the cold and the wet, and I, I just I love this one for the Crows. Uh, so I've gone them to win in a three-league same-game multi with Tab. Uh, one leg fails, money back in a bonus. So them to win, I've gone a little bit of insurance in plus 41.5. So if the Crows get uh, beaten but not blown out, I get my money back. And then the last one, uh, which I'm a little bit surprised, is $1.14 for Libba to get 20 or more. Considering this year he hasn't missed it and the lowest he's had is 23 disposals, I think that's an absolute bargain and use that to fill up your multis. Of course, if you have uh, odds of $2, sorry, a dollar ten um, and higher, you can include it in your tab and get the money back. So two units, three dollars. Yep, and I'll just quickly run through mine again. <laughs> under one hundred sixty-one point five, under two hundred two point five total game points, and the Western Bulldogs under eighty-five point five. It's two dollars forty-four all up, all up. Well. Good luck to you in a low-scoring affair where the uh, Crows dominate and Libby gets heaps of it, hopefully. Yeah, we, <laughs> we can take that and, and try and uh, get both of those bets to uh, sail through. All right, well, speaking of sailing through, we talk about Fremantle taking on Geelong. And for the game, Fremantle have been renamed Wallyup. So that's what they're going by for this round and next round. Uh, of course, for the Sir Doug Nichols round. Um, so you know, a um, salute to, to the Indigenous community. A, a massive change in the in the logo. You can scroll through the yeah. AFL app and it's nearly unrecognisable, uh, but it looks like looks really cool. Uh, and it's it's got it's still got the purple colour to it. Um, but if you haven't seen it yet, just jump on I don't know Google or the AFL Live app on your phone and just. Have a, have a look at the logo. It'll be interesting to see um, on, on the TV on on Saturday night as well. Well, I was looking through – jump on their website, um, Fremantle uh, – sorry, Wally Up's uh, website because they've changed all their polos as well. They've put that big name on it. They've rebranded it. There's a story about how they were trying to do it. The idea came about three years ago before Melbourne actually went with NAM. And it's it's a great story. It's a real good, um, you know. It's it's great for the for the for the country of no, sorry, the country. It's great for the state of of Perth and and Fremantle. Um, so yeah, it's it's fantastic. Oh yeah, you you love to see it. And Sir Doug Nichols round is over this round and the next round. So some clubs yet to do it. The the clubs that have changed their local logo, Port Adelaide and Melbourne, and now Fremantle. So we'll see if any clubs do it next week. And when clubs are going to wear their Indigenous jerseys as well. All right, let's get over to SBS Stadium and go through the odds. So Wally Up are the outsiders, two dollars eighteen. Geelong Cats a dollar sixty six. Interesting favourites there. Minus seven and a half favourites are the Cats after disappointing week last week. Over under one seventy three and a half. I'm really surprised that this one isn't a pick'em. Uh, I'm really really surprised at it, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts because you spoke and you alluded to before the show that you were considering Geelong and you've been burnt throughout the year on Geelong. Are you still with the cats in this one? Well, the cats the cats have cost me uh, this season and in cost me units, which is which is what we what we fight for every single week. And um, Geelong losing to Gold Coast and then Geelong losing to Richmond, uh, it's a, been a big swing for me. So Brad Close comes back in from suspension. Jack Henry comes in and Tyson Stengel comes in, who I think is an important inclusion in the forward yes. line. Uh, Ollie Henry. He goes out with a little bit of an injury, your man, over the last couple of weeks. But if you played this game before last week, before what Fremantle did to Sydney, 
I think Geelong would have been a lot shorter. So I just really like the the value at the dollar sixty six, but I haven't been able to trust Geelong at the line. So I'm not putting anything out there just yet. I just want to wait and see and get an, a little bit more of a feel for this. And I don't mind Geelong at the line. I don't mind them head to head at all. If especially if Bluebet have the twelve up special. Uh, this this weekend, I, I don't mind doing that because Fremantle have been really disappointing for mine. Uh, have they turned it around? I, I can't really trust them. Their midfield has improved. Darcy's improved in there. Jackson's been doing that. But they've played against Hawthorne and then they've played against Sydney last week. So I, I can't trust that form, but I can't trust the form well enough to actually back along with my money tonight. So uh, what's that saying? I don't know. It's interesting. I'm cautious with this one too. I sort of lean towards Geelong at the dollar sixty six. They've got an eight day break, so you know if they're tra- you're traveling over to Perth, that's probably the the best way to travel over there on an eight day break. I do like the value in uh, Atkins. We said this last week for him to get fifteen was sitting last week about a dollar fifty. That's really shortened, but for him to get twenty is still sitting a dollar sixty six. So if you can find something else to top it up, dollar sixty six. Him to get twenty. Him what to get was 20 he? Was he last week from last memory? week? He was two dollars thirty. Yeah, that was a good hit. So that was a really good hit. Um, and I think that the same sort of thing were there. Also, Holmes, he sits at $1.50 for, for 20 or more. He didn't get it last week. Uh, sort of was not around the pill. So I like those two. And to pick one of those and partner it up with something else, you could possibly go the over or the one sixty six. Uh, sorry, $1.66 for Geelong to win. I'm steering clear in this one just because uh, I am cautious about it. Fremantle have been a little bit unpredictable. And Geelong, you'd expect them to bounce back, but again, have been inconsistent this year. Let's get on to the Q Clash. Brisbane taking on the Gold Coast. $1.25 favourites are the Lions. Three eighty-five outsiders, the Suns. Minus 24.5 is the line. Over under, 175.5. Perry, what's we going to see here from the Q Clash? Gold Coast have been impressive, come off a two-game winning streak. Brisbane have been ultra-impressive and really firmed as one of the premiership favourites. Really interested to hear how Gold Coast can stay competitive because the last couple of Q Clashes, they have been super competitive and actually winning one early last year. Yeah, yeah, Brisbane do do that kind of stuff all the time, don't they? So um, I hope Brisbane will be focused. They are on a bit of a winning streak at the moment, but they are playing at home at the Gabba. They have a um, a, a function for all the uh, women in the in the club this this weekend. So it'll be a really big uh, Saturday night, and then the function. Uh, I think it's on Sunday uh, from from what I've been told. So uh, hopefully everyone can enjoy that, but enjoy the win as well. So I think that that Brisbane just have to get the job done here against Gold Coast. They're still missing uh, Took Miller. Uh, they've played against West Coast. And then who did they beat the week before that? Who, sorry? Gold Coast. Can't remember. <laughs> well, well you, you're telling me the stat. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm not, I'm not telling you a stat. I'm just saying, that, yeah, West Coast last week. So West Coast, you know, you, you can't take anything away from that. We saw that with Carlton. Carlton won by 108 points against West Coast and then came out and kicked 10 in the first half of the next week. So you've, you've got that there. I just, I just think the Lions can't let this one drop. They're too talented. So I've just gone a three-leg same-game multi. I've gone Brisbane minus 8.5. That gives you $1.40. I've gone over 150.5 because nighttime at the Gabba on a Saturday night, I think you know both sides will, will score a bit. So that gives me $1.22. And then this third leg... This is teams against the Gold Coast Suns. When Melbourne played against the Gold Coast Suns, Pickett kicked two goals, zero. When Richmond played against the Gold Coast Suns, Richmond only scored 48 points in total and Bolton kicked one goal, two. North Melbourne played against the Suns, Stevenson kicked two goals, zero. Fremantle played against the Suns, Walters kicked four goals, one. Saints played against the Suns, Higgins kicked five goals, one. So the small forwards, not the key forwards, 
I'm going Charlie Cameron. Three plus goals at $2.20. You multi those three legs together with the Brisbane minus eight and a half and the over 150.5, it's $3.29. It's $3.29. Mm. That's surprising. I thought that would have been a lot lower considering your, 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 all the I've, alternatives. I've yeah. lowered the alternatives, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's a great value then, if it, especially if it hits the overs and you think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. You know, it's only great value if it wins. No, it's great. <laughs> it's always great value. It's a great value. We just do what TikTok does. It's great value beforehand and uh, only talk about it if it wins. <laughs> Isn't well, that the trend? That's the only thing we don't do on this podcast, that, which maybe that, we should. Value doesn't always it mean it, – it's not always great value because you can have, you know – sort of unlucky losses or you can get a get a read a couple of wrong or something can happen but the value is always there when you do your stats and as you said you, there's a range of things there contributing to a win so great value good bet might as well just give it a tick now I like it <laughs> I don't know what you're going on about what, yeah, you, what do you right, see in this one what I see in this one uh, I've really been impressed with Gold Coast and you know we know that they're <laughs> you've yeah, fallen yeah, in love with them again fall in love with them again I'm back uh, but you know the, the three of the three of the last four they've had wins. They they, they beat Richmond away from um, away from Queensland. They they should have probably beaten Melbourne with a with a kick in the last thirty seconds. Uh, they course. beat North Melbourne pretty convincingly and West Coast. So a couple of soft ones in there, a couple of hard ones. I um, I've gone with Bosbet because it's a free hit. So I've had a bit of fun with it. I think Brisbane still get the job done, but I like the line of twenty four and a half. So I've gone Brisbane to win. Gold Coast at twenty four and a half. Will Power uh, subbed him in for Fioroni. Uh, for 20 or more since Took Miller's gone out he's gone um, over 20 or more four out of the last seven uh, and I think that the, the, his role is really developed Melbourne sorry Brisbane give a, a little bit more away to, to defenders coming off that back line so I think he'll collect that uh, one unit with boss bet four dollars twenty yeah now if you if you can't withdraw from boss bet oh and I they don't give you your money back just <laughs> Do these bets count? Of course on, they can. On the pod? Yeah, they count. What if, what if they don't give you your money back? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't won with Boss Bet yet anyway, so <laughs> I'll keep donating to their, their cause. Your bonus I think I'm keeping their website alive anyway. It looks like it's been drawn by a, four, a three-year-old with crayon. But anyway, let's get, get on to the Essendon, or oh, the Dreamtime at the G. Essendon taking on Richmond. 228 outsiders are the Bombers. $1.60 favourites are Richmond. Minus 8.5 is the line, over under 170.5. This is a great spectacle. We expect 80,000 at the G for this one, unlike last week's uh, Collingwood game where we predicted over 70 and they got 37. But this will be a huge, uh, huge event. Everything in this one is great. The the lights that they end up doing for the, for, for it is yeah. fantastic. Oh, it's the great. Yeah, definitely. And they've got the uh, the players who've already done some photo shoots outside the MCG, the Richmond players with their uh, Indigenous jerseys as well. So the, the uh, what's it called, when you, you know, release them and you show, show them off a little bit. Go on. <laughs> release them. Release them into the wild. Well, I know that I don't know that Essendon have a bird on it. It's not going to fly off them. You're not releasing them. Release the, <laughs> release, the bit, release them into the wild Get and let them go. Bet you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> the bombers have done the same. So it's, it's it is really good to see with the indigenous folks there. Now the last five games, and I haven't gone back further than that. So if you if you can go back further than that, or you can be bothered, have a look at that. But Richmond have won the last five against the bombers here. Source uh, the bombers struggling are they going to be able to pull something off and 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 pull it out of the the wire you have gone hard on the bombers over the last couple of weeks especially you know putting it out publicly on tiktok saying they're only going to win a few more games for the season when they play the bottom dwellers richmond have just shown against geelong last week you you saw it firsthand i'm very interested in what you're going here because what was your stat what's Essendon won the last five richmond 
Richmond have won the last 10. Is it the last 10? The last 10 against them. So d- dating back to 2006, it's just it's 2016. It's just like Essendon's finals hopes. Oh. They have won the last 10. Richmond have uh, absolutely dominated them. And in, in the, those 10, there's been one game that's been within eight points. So the rest of them uh, have been obviously what, uh, bigger an, than that. What uh, an embarrassment of a club. Wow, you're not you're not fishing me, hooking me here, mate. I'm, but but it's it's you know they make such a big big spectacle about it, and you know they, I'm sure the AFL are always talking about um, you know like oh do do uh, Carlton deserve that first game because they haven't beaten Richmond in so long, and then they do do North Melbourne deserve the Good Friday? I'm not going to say it, but uh, you know where I'm alluding to. But last ten that they've lost against Richmond. No, they can they can continue to lose. That'd be. That'd be good. I've, I've got no bet in this one at the moment, Source. So I could throw a same-game multi together if there's some some bonus specials later in the round. Uh, I don't mind Richmond to win in, in the tipping, but uh, just Essendon's a, a team you can't really trust, but you've said they're not going to win many more unless they're playing against the really bottom of the barrel. So they play the bottom dwellers three more times. So it's twice twice in, uh, in, I think it's West Coast, they play twice for the year, and then they play uh, Hawthorne and North Melbourne one more time. Looking at the latter, Essendon's percentage is 102.7. They've had four wins for the season source, and I haven't heard an Essendon fan chirp in the last three or four weeks. The amount of Essendon fans I was hearing, I was I had a headache for, for the whole start of the season because they were just going on and on and on and on, and they're just no good. They're no good, but if they are going to even have a glimpse of being good, this is a good way to start because their next three after this look pretty favourable. They play they play West Coast, they play North Melbourne, and they play Carlton. And if Carlton are still the, the team that they've been the last couple of weeks, that will be a great matchup for them. And it's a good way for them to start if they can get over the Tigers. I don't see it happening. I think that the inclusion of Nankervis coming into it and Ruckman, I think that they will play a little bit of bully ball against Essendon. Um, I think that... Against Draper? I think Essendon have been competitive. They, they were competitive against Brisbane through inaccuracy and Brisbane not really taking their opportunities. And when they did, they dominated them. Richmond were really impressive. And maybe it's a once-off, maybe it's an anomaly, I'm not sure. But I like the $1.60. Uh, if I was probably going anywhere, I'd be partnering up that with uh, an alternate total points. I expect the game to go over. So that's probably where I'd be leading. But I'm going to steer clear and uh, give the Essendon fans on TikTok a little bit of a break this week. <laughs> give them a break and just not um, put yourself out there for disaster if Essendon were able to win. Because Sorry, you I've be- put myself out there twice and I have not because Essendon are a joke. So <laughs> I've, I've, I've put it out there twice and both times I've looked amazing after. Yeah, but you've got crickets. Yeah, crickets after. Yeah. During I get a whole lot of uh, yeah. Yeah, keyboard worries. But anyway, let's head over to uh, Hawthorne taking on West Coast. The dollar thirty-one favourites are Hawthorne. West Coast outsiders at three forty-six minus twenty-two and a half is the line over under one seventy and a half pairs. This will be uh, very interested to see if Hawthorne are actually playing oh. or if they're tanking because I can't see any world where Hawthorne lose this game. This is this is, this game is a, is a big game. Uh, it's not. It shouldn't be. No, but not for not for the reason you think. So it's seventeenth versus eighteenth. They're both on the same amount of wins. Their percentage is really really close here. Who is the better team at tanking, or are they both tr- going to try and tank? I, I don't see it happening. I've got um, I've tipped the Hawthorne in my winners comp where you have to tip a team to win every every round, and you you got to get in there. About two hundred and fifty people left for about thirty grand prize in that one so i need the hawks to win this week i imagine people might be on the eagles and a lot of people will be on the hawks so we'll see how that goes anyway i think that 
that Hawthorne just have to win this one on talent alone and on list alone because uh, they haven't rested Bruce this week. He's, he's still in the side. Um, they bring a few back in with Scrimshaw and Reeves and Brockman and some of these players, they're playing for their career. You look at West Coast Inns, Chessa, Long, Bazo, and True. Who? Crickets, exactly. No one's ever heard of him. Jack Darling, he played out the rest of the game when he hurt his arm last week. And they've wrapped it up. Hurt his arm. He played three quarters with a freaking broken arm. That's how depleted West Coast are. They could have got someone from the stands out there and would have done the same sort of thing as what he was running around with one you know, arm. He actually took a mark while he had the yeah. broken arm and just that, that shows you. It up. That shows you how embarrassing it is that they they, they can barely feel to subside. I feel like that one week in later in the rounds, it's going to be like rocking up to a Monday night basketball of domestic, and they've got like three players there and they have to walk walk <laughs> over. Can we borrow one of your players to yeah. play a scratch T- match? Turn, can you turn your jersey inside out? So we can have a play. It, it's a joke, and it's 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 disappointing for West Coast because they don't actually know what direction they're going in, and for them to be as depleted as this is really concerning. And you watch Tim Kelly try his absolute heart out and just try and win that ball time after time after time. But I've gone a lad same game multi. It's one per day, so this is my Sunday one. I'm going to use Hawthorne minus nine and a half on an alternate line. I've gone James Sicily to get twenty plus in the last twenty games. He's hit that eighteen times. Now he's the Hawks' best intercept player. And against West Coast side, who will butcher the ball moving forward, I think he might get it. And he also shares the kicking duties with Hardwick and uh, Mitchell as well, Seamus Mitchell from Hawthorne. So he can get a few extra touches there. And then I've gone the total points of West Coast under 74.5. Their highest score in the last four weeks has been 69 when they uh, kicked away and kicked six in a row against Geelong. So uh, we'll go for there. $2.49. And that will keep me very interested in that Sunday game. It will. Uh, I'm going to keep echoing this. West Coast, anything below minus 13 and a half, jump all over. Uh, I'm Hawthorne on, on the Hawks. Hawthorne 40 plus, 295 with my bonus bet from Neds. Oh. Two units. You don't think they're tanking? No. <laughs> There's no way they can lose this game. <laughs> like, like the only people that want them to tank. Oscar Allen kicks 10. That Sam Mitchell doesn't want them to tank. If he's playing his old side, there's no way. Doesn't want them. Everyone forgets that. They're playing their old side, Sam Mitchell. He doesn't want to tank. The players don't want to tank. Administration want them to tank, but they they couldn't come up West Coast at a worse time. They've got barely any players there. Yeah, and Tazzy as well. That's that advantage is Hawthorne. forty plus two ninety five. That that is absolute bargain. You know, want something a little bit more safe? Jump on the line, stretch that out to probably you know thirty nine and a half. That's a little bit more safe, but forty plus is amazing. Two ninety five. Banging (laughs) banging on the Hawks and then we get to the massive 90,000 at the MCG on a Sunday afternoon. This is going to be a great game, uh, not only for for the the position on the ladders first versus, you know, an up-and-coming Carlton. Last 12 years (laughs) up-and-coming. We are coming. Carlton 277, outsiders the Blues. Collingwood $1.45. Minus 15.5 is the line. Over-under 167.5. It'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on this one. I mean, the, the stats say that Collingwood should win pretty easy. Uh, they have really sort of toyed with their their food as of late. Uh, you know, they did it against Adelaide. They did it against um, Sydney for a little bit. Can they can they lock down Carlton, or is Carlton looking for some redemption from last year? From last year, maybe maybe from last week or the last month, because Carlton have been pretty horrible. Now, I, I put my money with Carlton last week against the Bulldogs and back them to do a bounce back. So I'm definitely not doing that again <laughs> against Collingwood. But uh, it's first versus ninth. And Carlton have played finals from ninth before and had a win in the finals as well. So maybe maybe you could say they're a finals team sitting ninth there. I oh, know Richmond aren't in the... No, Essendon, Essendon aren't in the eight and they're not going to get done for 
for drugs or anything. So, uh, Carlton... <laughs> if Essendon fans weren't already at us, that was a little bit of a jab. <laughs> and we just spoke about Sam Mitchell as well, so you go from there. <laughs> Here we go. Um, <laughs> Carlton, Carlton play better at the MCG. Mm-hmm. They, they do. They do definitely. Collingwood, I've still got questions about their forward line, but their midfield... And their defence and their, the way they run the ball out and their, their structure with Craig McRae and how he's going have been absolutely fantastic. So um, they are missing a key forward, but they're, they're making do at the moment. And I, I just don't see how this is going to go. What does the live unders say their source? You've got that on your screen. Uh, the live unders are 167.5. Oh, I was hoping that was a bit higher. If that's 10 points higher, I'll go the under. So I think it's going to be under about 175. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on the line. Uh, and see if we put anything together on the Sunday for interest. But Nick Dacos again had a had another pearler on the weekend. He did. Uh, I'm I'm all over Carlton in this one, and this oh. is the last chance with Carlton. Last chance heroes. I really like the ins for Carlton. Tom DeConing comes in. Zach Fisher comes in. I like that. Um, I think that they'll be able to. You know, if you look at the stats, Collingwood while sitting pretty on top, uh, they aren't winning a whole lot of stats in comparison to Carlton. Carlton are actually playing very similar sort of footy as them. You know, Mark's inside 50, they they, they lead Collingwood. Hitouts to advantage, they, they um, lead Collingwood. Goal accuracy is where they're hugely deficit. So 44% compared to the 49.4 in Collingwood. But I think it's been sitting on their mind all the way from last year. Carlton will kickstart their season from here after the one-point loss last year in round 23 that not only lost them the game, but uh, cost them a finals berth. I, I like the value in not just Carlton to win, but the 1-39. to 39. So if Carlton win, we know Collingwood will probably come back. Carlton will have a bit of a lead. Surely they have watched the tape over and over again of how to kill the footy. And I'm going with my bonus bet, pairs. extremely confident with the one unit, <laughs> 315 with uh, with lads. So, uh, yeah, bonus bet for 1-39, to 39, Carlton. Wow, wow. But the last time I, I back him for, for the next six years. <laughs> you, <laughs> so remember how I killed GWS and where I refused to talk about him again? This is, this is the case for Carlton. I've been their biggest advocate for the last two years. I've been all over them. They should be better than they are. This is the last chance, and I'm putting my uh, money where my mouth is. You, you're going to hope people aren't snapping from 50 metres out and actually kick a goal. Surely, surely after all the – like everything in the media this week has screened them to fix that shit. <laughs> they can't do that anymore. Voss is under, under the pump. Carlton are sitting, sorry, Collingwood are sitting pretty, you know, pretty at the top. But they can they can afford to drop one here. Oh. Not that they will, but I think they drop their guard. Carlton yep. would have had this circled as of you know the first week of finals last year. Look, I hear what you're saying here, but I I went to the well. I put I put my money on the line last week with the Carlton and said Voss cannot be this bad. They didn't really do anything and really change anything. They kicked six goals in a row in the third quarter. They got the lead back twice in the fourth quarter and still couldn't hold on against the Bulldogs. Like they were just so disappointing that I'm just yeah crossed them off for for the time being. Yeah. Well, I'm a little bit more forgiving. One more one more time. <laughs> oh. Sneak an upset. Start their season from here. Uh, and it's a really easy out for me if they lose because I don't have to tip Carlton for the rest of the year. So, <laughs> speaking of and the next, bonus speaking bet. of the next game, we have one of the you know the dead teams playing St Kilda. The dead team comes in as two twenty three. The Giants one sixty six favourites are your Saints minus six and a half is the line over under one sixty five and a half. Yeah, another another surprising price. Oh, uh, I'm really surprised in this one for the Saints and the, and the Giants here. The Giants are at home, especially uh, twilight there on a Sunday. Uh, not much else to say. I can't trust the the price or the line or anything like that. No one to thirty nines for me. I've just gone with tab with the same game multi special. We know that uh, St Kilda give up the ball to opposition mids and defenders. So 
I've gone Cali to get 30 plus here, Sauce. Uh, I've also put him in for 25 because how's this on tab? You put Cali for 30 plus, gives you dollar seventy-five. You add 25 plus for the same player, it bumps it up 20 cents to $1.95. So a little bit ridiculous. He's hit three of the last... So ridiculous. He's hit three of the last nine, uh, 30 plus. And the last four, he's had 27, 34, 27 and 41. Saints give away a lot, as I said. Now, Whitfield is another one. Now, Whitfield's been kind of forgotten about and kind of like he should be better than he is, but he's still a really good kick and they still use him. So I've got him 20 plus. Eight out of the last nine games. He hasn't gone under 23 in the last seven matches. And he's their main kicking taker now. So he's taken over the reins of Isaac Cumming uh, in the last few weeks. So he takes the most kickings for GWS. So if Saints are inaccurate or if Saints actually go forward and, and kick any score, hopefully he takes a few kickings and he gets, uh, you know, I'm, I think he might get 23, 24, 25, something like that. So if Kelly gets 30 and Whitfield gets 20, uh, that'll be me. I mean, I, I like that bet because you're listening to what we've been saying the last month uh, is go all over Saints and whoever they're playing because they're, they're, the other team just racks it up, you know, almost 60 more disposals than the next team. And if you look at all the teams down the bottom, they're the teams giving up a heap of the pill. Uh, you're all over the Giants in terms of possessions. I'm really surprised with, with the price at minus six and a half. Uh, I mean, I'm leaning towards that, but it's a, it's a Sunday game. so Towards which the, way? The Saints? The Saints. I'm a, I'm a bit surprised with it. I think that should be an easy victory for the, for the Saints. Um, I think GWS. Mem- is going to be out and Max King might come in as well. So that's a that's a big thing to have a target down there with Caminiti. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's some big ins from both teams yeah, already on the extended bench. Toby Green comes in, uh, but that, he's probably the only big one for, for GWS. But Jade Gresham, potentially Max King uh, and Jimmy Webster. And that's, a, that's a long time coming, that name. That's been a while since you heard that one. Yeah, he's, he's played the start of the year, but he's a um, you know small forward specialist. So if Toby Green plays, Jimmy Webster get that job. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit surprised, as I said, with, with the line. Um, I, I probably will piece something together on um, Sunday, which will heavily involve a lot of disposals for GWS because St Kilda just give it up, and I'll probably take the result out, put three legs together. Maybe I've got a bonus bet sitting there. Hopefully not, but uh, if not, I'll find somewhere with Neds or Lads and just pump up the, the, the 20s and 25s. In, in saying that, that's a good point because this is a, a watch game. Yeah, yep. because you know the live markets come out. They're not even out for the Friday night game. No. The over-under disposals for different players. We don't ever get to talk about it on the podcast, but we can include it in our live bets because it comes... I don't even know how many hours it comes before the game, but it, it's usually on the day of the game where it comes out and it gives a player a line like you had Jordan Dawson last week over 26 and a half and yep. it was uh, easy money and it's usually around $1.90. So keep an eye out for some of those from GWS on Sunday. Yeah, be all over players like Josh Green, Tom, Tom, sorry, Josh Kelly, Tom Green, you know, Stephen Canelio. They'll, they'll be very highly. Uh, well, I'm looking at the wrong year, so that's probably no good, is it? <laughs> well, I'm glad I read the email anyway earlier in the week from um, the the administration of Behind the Boundary, and uh, you're in charge of the cheeky this week. So, what did you come up with? Uh, I'm glad that uh, I thought that you had not come to the table and saw you were unprepared <laughs> to begin with. So, while we were talking, I haven't put down a cheeky, but I've just put together the lines that I like: minus six and a half for the Saints, Carlton fifteen and a half. I think that's a great line. Hawthorne to minus twenty two and a half. I spoke about that. I have spoken about that, and we'll continue to speak about that all the way through against. West Coast and Adelaide a plus 10.5 that gives me odds of 13 uh, and 3 cents you can power play that up to a $15 mark put a cheeky 10 on that one and you will be loving it cheeky don't do it <laughs> 
All right. Uh, I might walk away uh, from the podcast now. Uh, but uh, make sure you jump onto all our socials where we have all of our bets. We have our, our spreadsheet, which shows the record for this year. Uh, we'll see that I'm in the green uh, and Pez is still in the green for now. And, uh, you'll, you know, we don't have it up there, but you can see our stats from the last six years. If you scroll through Twitter, uh, last six years, all profit. Make sure you jump on uh, Apple podcasts and spotify and all good podcast providers leave us a five-star review leave us some comments it helps other punters find us uh and yeah. yeah if you've made it this far welcome to all the new listeners we've uh, seen seen on the downloads there but at behind the bound on twitter to get access to the google doc spreadsheet where you can see uh what we've posted and then get involved on tiktok if you've got tiktok just uh at behind the bound uh, get involved in some of the banter because it is very entertaining. I'm not talking about the video source. I'm talking about the comments section because uh, after the fact, if the game <laughs> wins, you usually see not too much going on. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it loses, people just go, you should have bet this, you should have bet this, you should have bet this because it's so, so easy in hindsight uh, to bet. Keyboard worries are the best, and it's even better when they, they do it before the game. Like, that's a terrible bet. And then just crickets when it gets oh, up. Oh, I did have to mention this, actually. There's There's been a few people who've <coughs> actually put, put stuff down beforehand, which is great. And I, I think we, we might need to do this, Sauce, because if we did this, it'd, it'd be fantastic. People that put down their bets on the comments, I've got to start screenshotting them, because when they lose, you know what they do? They don't delete it. They do delete they? it. What? Yeah, because accountability. One, that's I, what you want. I had a notification, and some bloke goes, "Hey, um, never, never bet on Jack Darling for two plus goals on the the West Coast Suns video," and then the bloke that commented has just deleted it. So no accountability for um, the the folks on TikTok down there. So you can say whatever you want, and then if it doesn't work, delete it. If it does work, you look like a bloody superstar. So how easy is that? He should put that comment up this week because he won't kick two goals this week. No, and you, I don't think he can bet up. on it either, mate. No, no. no. Put the over under. <laughs> None under. Anyway, that, that's been the the podcast. Enjoy the round. I've been Source. We'll catch up next time. That's no. Nah, that's throwing me <laughs> off. You can't. Yeah, be, why not? You can't be doing that shit. Um. Yeah. On Pez, peace out.